the game right now is at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Uh, Pastor Juan here, and uh, I'd just like to welcome all of you to the Source Podcast. Um, hope you guys are having a great uh, day, morning, evening, whatever that is. And uh, I got uh, our superstar producer co-host here, Josh Trujillo. Say what's up, bro. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so you say, hey, hey, hey. Clemente says, all right, all right, all right. Yep, that's okay, it, man. There we go. <laughs> Hey, so uh, hopefully all of you dads out there or uh, stepdads, uh, father figures had a great Father's Day weekend. Um, how was your Father's Day, bro? It was good. Um, my my uh, two older ones attempted to make breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I, I swore I showed my daughter how to make perfect bacon and uh, oh, she just, just nuked it, man. Just, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chewy bacon guy. Yes. I'm not a crispy bacon guy. Okay. Right on. And uh, so, you know, the the secret is to just cook it on really, really low. Okay. Let it simmer. Let it let simmer. Let it simmer, baby. That's the secret, man. You get that a little crisp on the edges yeah. and nice and chewy in the middle. So. There you go. Cooking <laughs> cooking for the uh, perfect bacon. That's it. Yep. Hey, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Clemente de la Torre um, can't, can't be here with us. Keep him in your prayers, please. Um, you know, his family, uh, unfortunately... Has been hit with COVID, man. Wow. Um, you know, uh, so please, you know, uh, from his son to his brother and you know other, you know, his mom, dad. Uh, so this thing's real, man. It's it it's still here. It's still here. You know, and Clemente has been so week in, week out. Yeah. He shows up. You know, this is the first one that he's actually not here. So Clemente, yeah. we love you, brother. We're thinking about you, praying for your family, absolutely, praying for a quick, a quick recovery, and everything. You know, turns out. Uh, uh, in 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 your guys' favor. So oh, absolutely, lifting you the De La Torre family up. Yeah, man. And with that said, bro, I wanted to uh, let you guys know, you know that you know even this Father's Day weekend, as you know, I had family over. You know, um, you know, if you guys can also uh, lift up my father-in-law in prayer. You know, he's struggling with stage four cancer. Mm. Um, you know, he came over, and so we're having a great time together. You know, barbecuing. You know how it is. Yeah, enjoying family, eating, and then. Eating and eating some more. <laughs> Did I mention that we were eating? <laughs> you know, that's that's the so so for Father's Day we went out to Wood Ranch. This is our first time nice. like in a restaurant restaurant. Well, at least my parents. Yeah. And um, I had a I had a nice salad. Oh, I, you did a barbecue chop salad. Oh, phenomenal salad. Yeah, Delicious. I love that barbecue chop salad. But yeah. yeah, it was different, man. It was it was definitely weird. Definitely, I think it was we weren't ready. Like oh, my yeah. mom wasn't ready because she's already to be out. Yeah, to public. be out. Yeah, yeah. She's already sort of uh, real, real picky and sensitive about like you know germs and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, oh, so yeah. yeah, definitely wasn't wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, man. So, anyways, I was sitting there, bro. I think it was after you know. Uh, you know, the family brought over food and I had, you know, I had gone to a supermarket to buy, you know, carne asada and some mm. chicken and all there that good go. stuff. But everybody came, you know, not empty handed. Everybody came loaded with food and all kinds of good stuff. And I was like, hey, man, I'll sit back and just enjoy it. Uh, but anyways, I was sitting there thinking and going, oh, my gosh, you know, COVID is still here. Mm. <laughs> so I started looking at all my family members kind of <laughs> weird, right? Like <laughs> anybody got a fever? <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody would sneeze or cough and I'm just like, oh, crap. And then, um, you know, again, I hear the news, you know, about, again, my brother and you know, our brother Clemente and I hear it and I'm like, dang, you know, so I the numbers it, are up, man. The numbers went up. I think even yesterday was Spike. the highest in the whole country yeah. of single day uh, positive testing. Yeah, so. man. So, hey, be safe out there, guys. You know, uh, again, you know, this thing has not gone away. And uh, even though there's still a lot of information out there, you know, don't ignore it. You know, again, even if it's. Even if you're not thinking about yourself and you're like, hey, I'm 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 healthy, I work out, mm. I eat right, right? Yeah. I'm vegan, I'm vegetarian, whatever it is. Think it's not about you, it's yeah. about your loved ones. Yeah. Because you could be again asymptomatic, not right. feel anything, may get it, not feel nothing, but then you might give it to a loved one, you know, without, and they without, may yeah, they may struggle, they may get hurt, you know. That I don't yeah, man. You know, that that's the thing, bro. It's like I posted something on my Instagram today. It's like we, yeah. we, we aren't reopening because the pandemic is over. 
It's because our society values profit, mm. sometimes at the expense of human life. Wow. So, um, wow. You know, it's it, it that's it, that's really what it feels like. You Absolutely. know, I, I, even in California where we're at, mm-hmm. is it's literally things are just opening up for the sake of opening up. Sure. It's just people are like, okay, we need, uh, you know, yeah. I need to pay my mortgage. I, yeah. You know, I got to, like, enough's enough, and I get that. Sure. But. At what cost now? You know, yeah. at what cost? I saw yeah. Disneyland retracted their- Yeah, they did. Their was July. Their July. Now they're moving back to, was it 2021 again? Something or? like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the, the new date, but, yeah. you know, it's just when we think, you know, it's clear, it's it's really not, which is scary, man. Yeah, it bro. really is. It's, it's yeah. When you really think about it, it's like, okay. Yeah. And I was watching uh, Dr. Fauci in uh, this interview that he had, and they were talking about uh, vaccination. When's the vaccination going to come out? And what is the- estimation time frame and uh what is the fastest that they've actually gotten a vaccination out mm. and it wasn't uh the fastest one that they got out was the one for um uh ebola and that oh, wow. took five years wow and so he was saying hey he goes you know the one that came out for zika came out i think in 18 months or whatever but that didn't eradicate it, it didn't get rid of it yeah it just morphed it transformed into something else yeah and so the question was Hey, well, by the time you come out with the vaccine, don't you agree that this virus, which already has transformed, it's mutated right. into something else. So right. how's that vaccine vaccination right. going to help anyways? Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> they didn't have an answer for that. It was just like, well, <laughs> you know, and would it get rid of this completely? The answer is no, no. no. Yeah. That's these the viruses thing. are unique, man. Yeah. Viruses mutate every, yeah. I mean, every flu, every, you know, every flu season, it's, it's a new strain of flu right so it's like the vaccine that comes out for that season is technically outdated yeah absolutely (laughs) and so again you know we just reiterate you know even ourselves you know uh, we got to take care of our our families take care of yourself as you're conducting business you know going to meetings you know we're here in a podcast and we're hey six feet away from each other and you know, I love that I come here. There's hand sanitizer readily oh, available. Yeah. No, I, I spray, <laughs> I spray uh, all the mics with Lysol. Yeah, and uh, wipe everything down with there the, it with is the, uh, with the wipes is too uh, every, after every show. So yeah, um, and every couple of days I just do it anyway out of habit, just to you yeah. know, and even the seats. So it's like as much as I can, whatever I could do to you know to help with that. So yeah, we appreciate that greatly, bro. Yeah. Hey, transitioning here real quick. Um, White Jesus, bro. White Jesus, bro. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it's boy, amazing how this is even a topic. <laughs> it's amazing. But, you know, what's interesting is that, I you know, I've heard a couple podcasts and I'm following, you know, obviously some, you know, big uh, black activists that are out there, you know, obviously, you know, fighting the cause and, you know, uh, systemic oppression and, you know, equality, wanting equality, equal rights. Um, as you know, it's basically you know, what you see everywhere and anywhere. And, and it's, what's crazy is that we're still talking about social justice here yeah. in 2020. Yeah. It's never, it's inequality, you know, racism, prejudice. It's never left us really. It's never. just, it's been underneath. Bro, you know, it's so many different, uh, layers get exposed, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like even when people say all lives matter, right. And we understand what they're trying to say, but, uh, by that logic, right? It's like, okay, if you say all lives matter, then, then you would agree that black lives matter. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Yeah. But, um, with the white Jesus thing, it's like people get so offended and mad about it. Like, bro, you know, he wasn't yeah, white. Right. You know, I mean, well, well, let's, let's talk about that right okay. there because when growing up, right. I yeah. mean, I grew up, you know, Roman Catholic. And so whenever I walked into depictions of Jesus were, uh, yeah. he was blonde. Right. Or red haired. Yeah. And blue eyed. Colored eyes. Yeah. And he was pale skinned. Yeah. And so when I growing up, that's all I ever saw. Now I never thought further about race or whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, okay, he's definitely not my color. He doesn't look like any one of us. But if if we look at historically, we look at the scriptures. Yeah. And I look at two events. The region, bro, where he's from. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I look at, okay, where did Mary and Joseph flee to? Egypt to Egypt, right? When King Herod gave out the call, Africa, said, guys, Africa, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no no light skinned brothers and sisters there, and so imagine you go to flee to hide, so Jesus doesn't get murdered, doesn't get killed, 
I mean, he would have stood out, bro, in Egypt. Yeah. If he was white, fair-skinned, yeah, blonde, blue-eyed. No, I mean, not only that, bro, he's, he's, a, he's a Palestinian from the Judean <laughs> region. It's right. like, you know, so, so this is, you know, this is, this is much, this is actually a hot topic, man. Yeah, it, it is. Believe it or not. Like, you would think, like, how is this even a, an issue? But whiteness, you know what whiteness is? Give me further, I, I, bro. This is a whole nother podcast, yeah, and I'm okay. still learning about whiteness. is is a is a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a it's 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 a system superiority. Yeah, um, but the whiteness is steeped into our Christianity without us ever realizing it. And I think this whole thing of white Jesus 100%. is starting to expose it. And it starts from the Reformation, fifteen sixteen hundreds. Yeah, when the Europeans came here. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, think about it, right? Virginia. I mean, yeah. It, 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 they're really from so I don't want to without getting too controversial. I don't want my purpose is not to step on toes or make anybody angry. But from my understanding and what I've been researching, there's really no such thing as a white quote unquote white person, right? Mm-hmm. When 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 they came here, they were very specific. They're Irish, you know. They were sure. um, Polish. They were, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, very specific regions of of Europe. That's who they were. That's who they are. And then I guess over time is sort of morphed into a quote-unquote white, white person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, that's just something to think about, something to think about. But with white Jesus, man, it's like I, I always I, – I had a, a texting back and forth with some friends, and, and my friend TC posted this. He's uh, the pastor. He's the pastor of my podcast. He's okay. like <laughs> the official pastor of the Still Searching podcast. But <laughs> he said, let me go on record here. Since this the topic is trending – Depictions of Jesus as white support the lie of white supremacy. Jesus wasn't white historically, and Jesus isn't white sociologically or theologically. If your faith is threatened by these facts, your faith is in white supremacy. Mm, that's a bold statement. <laughs> Very and bold. And there's, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, guys, it's just, bro, you, we, we worship a Jewish man, the yeah. king, the king it, it, from that region was not white and the truth is that if he was here walking amongst us right now none of us would recognize him oh no none of us you know based on his you know again pictures you know uh statues you know all these depictions of him you know that we've seen in hollywood you know they even make him really feminine as well have you seen that you know in some Mm. of these you know movies Uh you know hollywood makes yeah and uh but here's the crazy part bro speaking back to the superiority part is that when when slaves were brought here to this country to the United States of America, the intention was, and there was, and I, and th- his book is, you know, how to be anti-racist. Ibram Kendi, if you can get that book, bro, it's phenomenal. It talks about there was two beliefs mm. of supremacy. One of them was that the reason why black people were black is because of the area, the region, the country that they they were in was hot. Mm. And so their skin color had turned black because of the temperature, the heat. Right. Right. The other the other thought was that they were cursed because mm. you look at Noah's story. Right. And mm. one of his sons had, you know, uh, yeah. sexual relations with his sister. And there was a curse that God, you know, brought upon, you know, him and his descendants. And so when they looked at black people, this were these were the misconceptions, the lies that check this out. That missionaries, Christian missionaries, would actually say, "Oh, we need to save these people, quote mm, unquote, right. and and help them become, you know, superior than what they know, right. and become better people." So let's move them out of their region. Let's move them out of their home, and take them to a new country. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, let's take advantage of them. Yeah. <laughs> as we, you know, teach them how to be better people. You know, because they're basically living like dogs. Wow. And and they're and you know, they're the obviously white savior complex. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. And, and so I, I get I get the the hey, you know, the white supremacy, you know, the white Jesus. Now, here let me let me spin this a little bit for it mm-hmm. for us here. If you're less if you're listening in, we haven't lost you. <laughs> Think about also this spirit. Let's get biblical a little bit. And think about the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. Everyone on the outskirts, 
that begins to By see the way, this. I'm glad I'm glad you very were, were specific with that because it doesn't refer to the Antichrist. It's always referred to as a spirit. Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The spirit of Antichrist is exactly that. It's anything that that is against our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, the spirit of the Antichrist comes against that and says, I'm all game for it. You know, again, us versus them. In other words, I am not, you know, part of this. I'm not part of you. And I'm going to jump on this bandwagon and and start tearing things down. You know, be against the capital C church, be against anything that has to do with Christianity. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist. What do you say to that? With, again, everything that's happening with racism, prejudice, <clears throat> totally understand the superiority, you know, the the uh, the white syndrome, all that stuff. But then on top of that, you add the spirit of anti-Christ to this. What could happen? Wow. That's dangerous. Very dangerous. Very right? dangerous. Um, I, I, I kind of got distracted for like 10 seconds because somebody was at my front door on the ring. So I was just <laughs> seeing who it was. But... So I think you're saying is uh, the 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 mixture of the spirit of antichrist right. and, and 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 what's actually happening and under, and what we just led into mm. saying we understand that Jesus was not white yeah but Christianity itself has been built upon mm. you know this white idea yeah idea and wow. so but then you add the spirit of the antichrist on top of it yeah and it just it adds more fuel to the mm. fire yeah. Again, again, going against religion, period. But yeah. since Christianity is, you know, more, <clears throat> the biggest religion in the world, bro. And you know, it, yeah, I think you're, bro. You're really you're hitting the nail right on the head. You're identifying something major uh, that I happen to believe that is very dangerous. There's this idea, this American, very specific, like our uh, American tradition. Is somehow married mm. with like country and Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. And we have this illusion that we're a Christian country. Right. I, I say illusion because right. I mean, in no way has have we looked like or or done the things of Jesus. Um, well, well, just look at the two greatest <clears throat> commands: love God and love your neighbor. Have yeah. we, as a country, loved our neighbor? Meaning anybody from different race? culture background yeah uh, ethnicity no yeah yeah we sort of like almost in a way bro of, of like inserted the united states in into like the scriptures you know what i mean like somehow we're we're that city on a hill or we're right. the the called out you know the the ones that are blessed or whatever it's like <laughs> yeah like you know or even you see giant flags you know in church like at the front like in the altar like <laughs> bro i mean do, do you not understand how this works like how right. So, you Pride know, it comes before the fall. Yeah, bro. man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a history guy. I love history. You know, we're a baby as yeah. a nation. Yeah. We Less are 300 a, years. We are a baby. There's yeah. been ancient civilizations that have lasted for thousands of years. Yeah. And, you know, it, a very similar pattern happens, you know, with these absolutely giant uh, empires and, and countries who mm -hmm. think they run the world, absolutely. you know, and if you kind of look at our brief little history we kind of act like that yeah so following jesus as an as a nation i i, I don't <clears throat> i don't really i don't know i don't think that works so tying into what you're saying i think that is sort of that spirit you know that and, and jesus always talks about you know or, or the when we think about jesus we think about him being humble right, right. meek right spirit of antichrist right. is opposite of that 100 percent. it's pride it's you yeah. know superiority yeah yeah so. And, and so let's continue to talk about that so let's talk about the kingdom of god now if the gospel of jesus christ just to explain it further it turned into the gospel of jesus christ but what john remember john the baptist mm. when he was when he was leading the way and he was baptizing people left and right right in the river he was telling people that the kingdom, when you see it, the kingdom is at hand. That means that the kingdom, mm. it didn't say Jesus himself, even though Jesus is king, he's the king. Yeah. 
But the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And that is an upside down kingdom. Well, what does that mean? Exactly what you just said, brother, that it's not about coming and reigning and ruling. Now think about this. The Jews were looking for Christ, the savior, because they were underneath oppression, you know, similar of what's going on today. It was essentially, they were looking for like a leader to lead the revolt. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, And Jesus didn't do that. No. Jesus led with love. Yeah. Grace, mercy. Now, did he challenge? Did he flip tables? Did he get upset? Yes, for the right reasons, for justice, right? He got mad for injustices, things that that were not according to what his father had said. And Mm. so how man, here it is, how man used the law, right? The written law of God for manipulation Mm. and for control and for their own benefit, not for the mutual benefit of a brother next to them or a sister, especially women and children. Right. It, it, it had nothing to do with that. It was all about me. It was all about the selfish yeah. win of that person. Yeah. Or those people, even in, in religion, even in religion at that time. Mm. And so when you look at the kingdoms, spirit of antichrist is a kingdom. Yeah. And then you have the kingdom of God. I mean, they're always in opposition. Yeah. And that's really what we're seeing. And so when I when I look at this and I go, here it is, why Jesus now, that that steers a group of people. And that means any color, creed, race, anybody gets stirred to that versus focusing on the kingdom of God mm. and bringing, looking at things through love first. Yeah. Instead of causing more division. And what I mean by love is that, it, you know, we all have opinions. Yeah. And and I firmly believe that we can actually sit here and have an argument. But once I start attacking you as a person and defaming you and, and attacking, you know, your color, the way you look, that's mm. that's a whole other ballgame. That's not love anymore. Yeah. And and when somebody has an argument, right, from a different kingdom, I think it's our way, you know, to say, hey, listen, let me lead this person through this argument with love, with grace and mercy, so I can bring them and show them what the kingdom of God looks like instead of continuing this argument and this uh, division, you know, to continue to, you know, lead people astray. Yeah. Or not towards God. Yeah. What do you think of that? That's good stuff, man. Really good stuff. I'm really glad you said that. You very, you use this very specific word of social justice. You know, it, it's kind of amazing to me how there's people who say the gospel doesn't have anything to say about things like that, right? Or like the gospel isn't social justice. Mm. I've been hearing that. I've been seeing that in in, in circles. Um, and that you know, it, and that's the problem. Is like people only see it as this individual transaction. You know, oh, okay, yeah. With me and God, my sins are forgiven. <laughs> I'm going to heaven, right? That yeah. kind of thing. Without it translating into the material world, mm. um, so it, you know. And I, be, I believe that does happen. That's part of it. But that's not the only, that isn't just the gospel. The that's gospel right. is, is whole. It's it's holistic. It's everything. Absolutely. It's creation. You know what I mean? It's, uh, there's a book by a guy named Howard Snyder, and I read it years ago. You know what the title of the book is? It says, Salvation Means Creation Healed. Oh. That's the title of the book. That's good. So, um, so, you know, it's not just us as individuals, you know, that I think that's probably our, one of our biggest problems in yeah. our form, our American Christianity. It's always mm-hmm. just, you know, my personal thing, my personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. Yeah. It sort of just stops there. Sure. Sure. But it's much bigger than that. It goes to into everything, into the world, into how we live our lives, how we interact with society, how 100%. we, how we structure society, how we think. <clears throat> the the how the kingdom of God, right? God's rule, God's reign, God's way of doing things. We learned it in the yeah. prayer school of God's yeah. God's politics, absolutely right of justice, and we see those things, those themes uh, woven throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> who's our brother? Who's our sister? Well, it's really everybody. Yeah, who's our neighbor? The question is 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 not. You know, that's p- part of the parable, right? It's sure. not asking who is my neighbor, yeah. but it's are you being a neighbor? Yeah. And are if, we and being it, neighborly? Uh, that's beautiful, bro. Yeah. And we can even go further because then, you know how Jesus is, he flips his kingdom upside down and he says, yeah. okay, you got that love your neighbor thing going down. How about this? Love your enemy. 
<laughs> you're like, whoa, whoa wait a minute, Jesus, you just taught on loving my neighbor. Like, yeah. all right, well, that fool took my donkey or whatever, or, you know, my chickens <clears throat> jumped over and they ate him. And that's what makes following <laughs> G- this Jesus way, you know, that's that's the the yeah. challenge you know yeah and and when think about what he's saying there what who the enemy or who his enemy w- was or the enemy of the people back then it was a oppressive empire yeah the roman empire so you know as much as i love to criticize and, and harp on donald trump and all these <laughs> buffoons i also still have to recognize that you know well well god has that, allowed him to be yeah. in this position as well yeah 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 and, and god is going to use it all <clears throat> yeah, know, we firmly believe that he's sovereign and that he's in control. He's going to use it all. He's going to use all of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, well, you know, with that said, you know, we have a, a special guest, you know, that's going to be on here with us in just a couple of seconds here. Um, but I just want to let you guys all know, reiterate, you know, that, you know, loving our, our, our neighbor can become a practice and can be challenging. But I want you, I want to encourage you to think of your enemies, mm. you know, the person that has said something against you, that person that posted something on Facebook, Instagram that you disagree with, whether it's politically, whether it's economically, right? Their social economic status is different than yours, whatever that may be. You know, I want to encourage you and challenge you this week to even say a small prayer for them. Yeah. Not God take them out. <laughs> Sniper. No. <laughs> what what does uh Clemente infamously infamously says? Got, Got him. him. <laughs> yeah, so Got um him. yeah. Um so anyways, we're gonna have uh Keith McCann. He is actually the equipping pastor at Cross City Church up in Fresno. And um, you know, we're gonna get him here on the line, you know, real uh and shortly. And uh you know, just how can I help you? Hey, is uh, Keith McCann there? I think you're the wrong number. <laughs> thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> he will be on shortly. <laughs> oh wow, that that's funny. You got to call him at the at the church instead. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, we had the wrong number. <laughs> I was gonna say the number. Connected to this one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I was, I was telling you guys, and we'll get him on the line here. So anyways, um, known him for four years and uh, we've had a, a great relationship. You know, we go back to um, I used to do a recovery ministry. Uh, we were both involved in a recovery ministry called Celebrate Recovery. It is a uh, Christ centered uh, recovery ministry, 12 steps, biblically based. And, uh, you know, Keith has, you know, now actually taken over and um, and transformed it into a new ministry It's called Regenerate. And through this ministry, it's a discipleship process that helps people grow, you know, spiritually, not only, you know, uh, help, you know, people heal from, you know, drug addictions, from uh, any past, you know, uh, hurts, uh, you name it, any anything that a person is struggling with, you know, uh, you know, th- this is a, a, a spiritual formation program as well that helps people heal from anything and everything uh, from their past. And so as we get them on here, I just want to set that up for you guys, you know, so you guys can. Uh... What's up, bro? Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Keith? What's going on? Hey, brother, we just called uh, the church right now on accident. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> was it the church? I thought she's, oh, she just said you had the wrong number. She said it's Cross City. So I was like, oh, okay, uh, let me call him somewhere. He's like, you got the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, thanks for being on, you know, uh, here with us at the Source Podcast. Uh, you know, I was just telling you know, the folks here, um, first of all, let me introduce you, you know, Josh, Josh Trujillo is my co-host here. Just want, um, just want to introduce you to him. And Hey Keith, how you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm doing good. How you doing, Josh? Doing good. Thanks, man. Um, anyways, brother, I was just telling people a little bit of our, our past and you know, how we, uh, you know, met up, Uh-oh. met up and yeah, met up in church and, <laughs> you know, how we were in a, a recovery ministry in the past and just kind of, uh, introduced you a little bit here on, uh, you know, regeneration. And so I just want to, can you tell the folks a little bit more in detail about, you know, uh, your recovery ministry and, um, you know, just what you do, man? Yeah. So, um, we, we kind of look at, uh, here at our church and I think most churches look at it this way that, uh, uh, that, that element of brokenness is such a gift, uh, that, that can happen in our lives because it allows us, um, uh, ways for God to speak into our lives. Like, I, I don't know about your, well, I do know about your life one because we've talked about it a lot, but uh, yeah. I don't know a lot about your story, Josh, but uh, but I know that 
that brokenness is what brought me before God. Mm. And uh, that when stuff was great in my life, uh, I didn't wow. feel like I had a need for them. I could handle stuff on my own. Um, so we look at that as a gift here. And uh, one of the ways that, that we look at being a good church is to steward that gift appropriately and to uh, to bring people to Christ through that lens of brokenness. Um, and, and the same thing, it's, it's similar to prison ministry. Um, in that there are just times in our life where sometimes if you're in prison, you're physically locked in a cell and all you have is God's word or somebody throws a verse, right. you, you narrow out all these distractions. Um, God's, God's work in that can be amazingly transformative. So, uh, so what we do is try to, to pair together the same three things that I think all churches are working on right now, which is trying to get uh, God's word uh, working through God's people and, uh, and through his spirit. And uh, we try to do that through the regeneration program. And so uh, it, it follows, you know, the, the 12 steps that uh, a lot of people might be familiar with and uh, leverages the Bible. And, and one of the, I think, distinctives about regeneration is we try to leverage existing community. Um, so some kind of recovery programs will say, Hey, you need to, and I need to clarify, I'm not talking trash on any recovery programs. I love recovery programs. Um, Amen. some of them, you know, try to try to say, Hey, you know, find somebody here to work with you. And, and I think one of the distinctives in regeneration is a lot of times we think that a lot of people already have somebody in their life, uh, who would be a great mentor through them, uh, with them through this season. And so we just try to leverage that existing community. So that could look like a life group or community group, whatever you call it, or, or just somebody down, down the road a little further with you. Um, and that way you don't really have this, like, we don't think these things you live in recovery should be like this corner of your life that's carved out. We think it should be pervasive. It should overflow and do everything in your life. So that's awesome, brother. Hey, hey. man, I, I, sorry. This is Josh. Um, I love what you said there, man. Um, my, when I first came to God, well, I'm a pastor's kid, but it was through brokenness that I finally like stopped running and gave myself to, to Christ. Yeah. And my very first sermon, my very first sermon I ever preached was called The Excellency of a Broken Heart. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, man, I feel you on that. Hey, Keith, uh, for someone that's listening out there, um, you know, in the podcast world and is struggling with, you know, that brokenness, whatever that area of brokenness is, you know, the person knows what their brokenness is or maybe is in denial, you know, that that is an area of brokenness that they struggle with. Uh, what, what would you say to them? Um, because you have a great uh, past and you had some areas of brokenness yourself, but we're in denial of them until you actually were exposed <laughs> you know, right, by, right. I, I wouldn't say by accident. I would just say by, you know, Providence and, um, and, and it opened up your eyes to see a different world, not only, you know, physically, mentally, but, you know, obviously spiritually. Um, what, what would you, what would you say? Uh, well, I, I think that the, the biggest thing that, that, the biggest lie that we can believe is that we are terminally unique. Um, this is kind of a phrase that I've stolen from from somebody else recently, that we always think that there's nobody that has that same kind of brokenness that we have, Yeah. Um, that there's something about us that's different. And also one of the other things we tend to do is, um, you know, we fall into these traps of, of guilt and shame where we always think that our sin is like the sinniest sin, yeah. you know, it's like worse than, yeah. than everything else. So like you could, you could be sitting in a group of people and the guy next to you could be like, I killed a man just to watch him die. And you're like, well, that's not bad, but you know, so we always think our thing is the worst thing. And, uh, and what that does is that traps us in the shame and guilt where we feel like we're irredeemable or like my big trap. Uh, that I felt fell into for a long time was I'm a perfectionist. And so for me, the humility of coming before the cross as a broken man was difficult. Um, I wanted to come before Christ perfect. I wanted to earn that salvation so I could be like, see, this is, this is why you died, Jesus. Like, mm. look, I'm a good dude. Good. And, uh, and my, my disciple discipleship through, through my brokenness has revealed to me, like, I'm a pastor. I think I'm a pretty good dad. I've led other people to Christ. I've done all this, but my righteousness are still filthy, filthy rags when compared to, to Christ. So, like, no matter what you do in your life, you're never going to earn that grace. So you don't have to, you know, try to polish these rough edges from you uh, before you can bring that brokenness to God. And uh, and he's not going to reject you. And, uh, and surprisingly, uh, usually when you're around truly godly people, they're not going to reject you either. Um, we think this, right? right? But we also like, you know, and I always tell people this, Hey, if you've ever been in a group, like a recovery group, 
think about when somebody shared and have you ever like wanted to pick up a rock and throw a stone? No, but we feel like when we share with that same vulnerability, uh, that, that other people there are going to condemn us. And it's just, right. it doesn't make sense when we stop to think about it. Um, uh, but it's, it's so refreshing. Um, even just to, to have it out there, to speak it, to acknowledge it, to give it a name. It's, it's like when people are sick, which if you're one of those people that's struggling, like I struggle with a lot of things in my life, you are sick. And, uh, yeah. and I, but when you're sick with a physical ailment, even having a diagnosis, right? Even somebody saying this is the problem can be refreshing because right. once you've identified the problem, once you've named it, you can start to work on it there. Wow. You said a lot of, a lot of powerful things there, brother. Um, let's go back to discipleship. You know, our, our program here is, you know, uh, you know, for people that are searching, people that are on the fence, uh, maybe someone that, you know, is not a believer yet of, you know, Jesus Christ, or they don't, you know, believe in God. Uh, there's, there's a couple words you used and help, help me or help the listener understand what does discipleship mean, you know, for someone that is a follower already a believer in, in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So I think that, uh, there's, there's a wonderful quote that I'm, I'm going to misquote here from Gandhi, uh, which, uh, Gandhi at one point, uh, when exploring Christianity said, I love your Christ, but I'm not sure I'm a fan of your Christians. <laughs> um, this is one of those things that I think describes the difference between somebody who is discipling and somebody's not. So you have many people who believe in, in Christ or believe in God, uh, but aren't discipling. And by discipling, we mean we're growing closer to God that we are trying to live up to what the word says. So, um, a, a lot of people have hurts from the church that are based on this, right? Where the, the church leads with theology or Christians lead with theology, but don't lead with actions that change their life. Mm. So, um, instead of telling people you should love one another, um, discipleship is actually loving one another. So discipleship is uh, like, like anything, if you're trying to become anything, so we're trying to become Christ-like and there's steps along the way, we have to learn yeah. what that looks like, yeah. right? So we yeah. have to read the Bible and, and really study, like, not just like, what did Jesus say, but how did Jesus interact with these groups? Like, mm. um, and, and sometimes that takes a little study. You have to understand relationships between people, like, uh, you know, the, the whole story of, uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. If you don't know the fact the Samaritans were an ethnic group, uh, that were shunned by the Jews, that, yeah. that doesn't make, you know, you get a better context of it and you see how, okay, now how does that apply with say maybe racial tensions that we have in the country right now? And so that's what discipleship is, is really looking at what does this word say? How do I one, grow closer to God and two, uh, look more like Christ in my life? Well, man, you, you bring up, you know, the, the Samaritan and, and, you know, we, we kicked off, you know, the podcast, you know, today with speaking about, white Jesus and you know, all, the, all, <laughs> yeah. the, all that oh, white Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> you know, su white supremacy and all that stuff. You know, what, what's interesting is, you know, uh, when you think of that, you, when you're saying discipleship, uh, what I'm understanding and listening to you speak is no matter what's happening in the world, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, racial tensions, you know, uh, injustice to politics, to how do I, you know, conduct my business, you know, whether I'm self-employed or, or I have a job, if I am a follower of Christ Jesus and I, I've raised my hand, I've prayed the prayer, I've even taken the next step of my faith and got baptized, you know, what you're saying in essence is I have to look at everything first through the lens of the Bible, what God's word says versus my feelings and what my, you know, drunk, passed out uncle says on the weekends. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I think that's difficult for us because, um, you know, I've, I've said this before that the gospel is pretty offensive. Yeah. Uh, when you look at, at what, what we're asked to do to deny ourselves, it's, it's fundamentally anti uh, our flesh, right? It's, it's, it's against it. And this is even what Paul talks about, right? Where, uh, you know, he talks about wanting to do the right thing and being unable to do it. And, uh, and I think that's all of us, right. In that, in that moment, but, what that means, though, is that if if our primary identity, if we realize that we were created to have fellowship with God, and that's supposed to spill into everything that we do, um, we can't separate our Christian identity from our political identities, or we can't separate our mm, Christian good. identity from our social identity, yeah. right? Like, I, I can't say that uh, I, I believe 
that Christ came to this world world to die for everybody that my eyes are gonna are gonna fall on, and then say I don't like that person because their skin color is different, yeah. or to think that this person doesn't deserve the same amount of justice. Like we can't we can't compute that. What's crazy though is that I think that having the viewpoint that we have in Christianity is is empowering in this situation mm-hmm. um, because we're able to just to just see through that and just to cut that and to realize like this has been my challenge as uh you know and, and so this is a podcast and people can't see this I'm a white dude I'm a white middle class pastor right <laughs> um, so my my challenge has been really just acknowledging. That seriously, anybody that I run into from the homeless guy on the street to my friends that are people of color, whoever I run into is somebody that Christ made a conscious decision to die for. And that person's thoughts have value. That person's emotions have value. Their feelings have value. Even if I disagree with all of them, I still have a duty as a, as a brother or sister or fellow, uh, fellow creation, uh, to, to sit with people and, and to at least hear that and to understand it and to recognize that even if I disagree with somebody's view of what's going on, that that pain is still real. And mm. I can still recognize that and, and have some sort of compassion for it. Beautiful, man. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely, brother. And, and this is a white guy speaking, bro. Well, that's what I'm saying. We need more <laughs> white dudes to say exactly that. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I, I hate to kind of sidetrack it, but one of the things, and this was a conviction that I had, um, cause I've been thinking about this a lot. And honestly, I attribute a lot of my my perspective on things <laughs> is because I've I've performed a lot of marriage counseling. Yeah. And so when you do that, you teach yourself to look at both sides of the situation. And mm. I think that's spilled into other areas of my life. And so um, in just looking at things and I remember when when I first saw the George Floyd video. Right. Mm. And I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't have words. I didn't have a vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and, and I struggled with that. And 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 I remember. You know, because when you haven't seen something before, when you're not aware of something, you have to figure out your brain has to turn to figure out how to describe it. Mm. And I think, you know, so I lived in that for, you know, this poor me moment of I want to talk about this, but I don't know how. And then I remember just last week I was thinking, you know what, that the communities of color could talk about it right away. And the sad thing about that is the reason they could talk about it right away is because this wasn't new. This wasn't the first time this had happened. This has been, there's been so much exposure that the vocabulary has developed and, Mm. and and it hurts my heart to hear that anybody had to come up with a way to talk about this stuff because it's been out there so long. And so just recognizing that and recognizing a community that's hurting and, and, you know, trying to stay away from the blame game stuff, you know, um, uh, one of the big conversations I had, uh, recently, uh, with one of my friends who happens to be a person of color is, is just the recognition. If he told me, he goes, man, it occurred to me the other day that you were born into the same system that I was. Hmm. And he said, you know, you're on another side of it, yeah. but you also didn't choose the system. The system just, you know, you were, you were born into it. And it's like, yeah, That's so good. we recognize that, but how can we change that? Like we don't bear the fault for the system that we inherited, but that doesn't mean that we can't change it. Right. Because we are, as as you, as me, as Josh, we're all in some way or another a part of this, and we can work together to change it, even if we didn't create it. True, that's powerful. That's powerful. And then even just recognizing the fact that, yeah, we are part of the greater human family, but even gr- more so than that, in Christ, like there is no, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no boundary. There's no, right. these made yeah. up national boundaries don't exist. We're all one family, so... That's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, the, the Bible tells us that you know in heaven it's going to be you know every person from every tribe and every nation, yeah. right, singing up there. So uh, yeah. if if you don't like that, you better get used to it because right, our our time on this earth isn't very long and eternity is a long time. So uh, so I'm just saying, if you're a white person that doesn't like brown people, you're going to have a long period of time <laughs> having to deal with that. So you might as well try to get over it now. I mean, if you make it up there, we'll see. It's, you know? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's why you're my brother from another mother, from <laughs> the same heavenly father. No. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, I mean, you give us you give us a lot of wisdom, brother. It's it's you know, the, the truth is, you know, we've had conversations, you know, me and you, you know, off obviously air, and 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 I love your vulnerability, brother, and that's where you know, uh, again, I love you more for that because you're like, hey, I want to say something, but you know, it's like damned if I do, damned if I don't. But ultimately, you know, you always look to the scriptures and we, we always talk about what, what God, you know, it's that old the cliche. Remember that uh, acrostic 
uh, that acronym WWJD. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right. what would Jesus do? Right. And and so we throw that around, but we have discussions and we talk about our hearts. And that's the good thing is that, you know, one thing that I've learned is that you got to find safe relationships and more importantly, safe relationships with people from different, you know, different backgrounds, you know, uh, different races, you know, different, you know, uh, you know, cultures, mm-hmm. because it's a beautiful thing. But in the end of it, Keith, you and I have so many similarities, bro. So many things that we have in common, and that is not by accident. You know, I I know I believe that God created us, you know, again, hello, he's created us in his image. (laughs) Yeah, right. In his image. And so, you know, those of us that, that, you know, all of us are image bearers, but it's once we come under the submission and the authority of Christ, again, that's, I think that's the greatest challenge for every single one of us is how do I live this? How do I live like a disciple, like you've been coming to say right now? How do I live this out, even though I'm going to come under scrutiny, under judgment? Uh, people are going to unfriend me on Facebook and Instagram. Listen, Jesus was not very popular, right? especially by those that were religious and those that, you know, hung on to their political views, hung on to their religious beliefs instead of hanging on to the truth, which is what what God's word says. Yeah, and, and I think what's what's crazy is people lose sight of this, but if you read through the Gospels, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a time when Jesus taught a sermon where he ended that sermon with more followers than he had before he started, right? <laughs> um, pr- pretty much every right. time you read, it's, it's Jesus was talking and the people left because nobody wanted to hear it because, uh, I mean, he's not – we're not here as, as – true disciples of Christ to tickle people's ears and, and to uh, make them feel good about themselves. Um, obviously, we do want people to feel good about themselves, but to feel good about the righteousness of God that flows through them rather than uh, just, hey, you know, putting a, a salve on some some wounds there. Um, and I, I think that what's what's different about us as Christians, and, and I know that uh, Juan, you and I had talked about this, particularly when I was going through um, – when I was going through the Miles McPherson book, yeah, um, the third there's option. A, there's a yeah, there's a powerful Bible message that he talked about, and it's in Joshua five, and it says uh, Joshua is actually coming up near the city of Jericho that he comes across a servant of God, which could be a angel. It's not really clear what it is, and and Joshua says, "Hey, are you for us? Or are you for our enemies?" And uh, what that angel or or whatever it is says is, "Neither. I've come now as a commander of the Lord's army." And uh, that was enlightening for me to go look as a Christian. I'm Powerful. a soldier in the Lord's army. Yes. I'm not on a side. Yes. You know, I'm not I'm not on the side of the police officers and I'm not on the side of uh, protesters. I'm on the side of humanity. And yes, what that man. allows me to do is it frees me up to go, hey, you know what? I can come alongside my brothers and sisters who are people of color and I can mourn with them and I can I can feel that pain with them and go through it of the things that are happening yes. right now and the loss in this community. Yes. But it also frees me up where I can come across uh, the family members of law enforcement officers who yes. died in the last few weeks and yes. also be there and, and commiserate with the families that I don't have to pick a side. My side is humanity. My Amen. side, Jesus made his decision that he died for all of us. And so I'm making that same decision. I'm saying, Hey, I'm coming here as a Lord's army, which is to recognize that injustice exists and recognize that people are hurting. Mm. And that I have a duty Mm. as a, as a minister of reconciliation, which is not a title that I have for being a pastor, by the way, if you're a believer in Christ, you are a minister in reconciliation as well. Uh, But I have the ability to come by and show compassion there. And, And not just the ability, I have to be clear. I have a mandate to come by and show that compassion uh, because mm. Christ showed compassion on me when I was warring against him. And I have that same uh, command to, to do that to others as well. Even, and and yeah. I don't think honestly, any of those factions are warring against me right now, you know? So yeah. uh, it should be even easier. Brother, I preach. I uh, Listen on that note. I mean, that is powerful brother. And again, I, I appreciate you and your wife and your kids, man. And, you know, I love that you're, you know, beautiful little white daughters, you know, see brown, bald, Hispanic Juan as uncle Juan. Uncle. <laughs> yep, uncle Juan. Yep. Hey brother, with that, with that, go ahead, share, share, uh, your, your, your church again, your Instagram, your website, anything yeah. where the people can find you. Where can we find you at bro? Yeah, so uh, so mainly, you know, I'm a pastor at Cross City Christian Church, and we're at uh, mycrosscity.com, or also on Facebook is Cross City uh, Fresno. Um, we also, if, if you don't mind, you know, I love what you guys are doing. We also are part of a recovery podcast called Redefined Recovery, 
and yeah. uh, just, you know, also kind of spreading the Lord's message there through recovery yeah. and uh, um, good stuff there. But yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I can, you know, throw out my email as well, just in case anybody yeah, if I said something that, hey, do man, it. if it, hey, if it's like you felt great, you want to talk about it more or if I made you super mad, cool, email me either way. <laughs> um, my email is kmccann, uh, that's M-C-C-A-N-N at mycrosscity.com and uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me but uh, man I love what you guys are doing with this podcast too and thank you guys so much for uh, for, for giving me a call here hey Keith last thing real quick before we let you go brother top number one wrestler of all time <laughs> we're big wrestling oh, fans man. we're wrestling fans come I, on bring it I, man I, I still got I gotta go with the uh, I'm torn we talked about this a little <laughs> bit yesterday on the phone one right and, uh, and I threw out Ultimate Warrior but honestly man I think that that all time just for the legacy yeah. and i know you're gonna hate this because you guys are some hogan fans but man i gotta go with taker man undertaker oh, is just he's a legend wow you know? he chose the dark side all right i did i did <laughs> i love it brother well keith hey man thanks again bro for your time i appreciate your ministry listen to that <laughs> still gives oh, you man. chills huh? 30 <laughs> plus years old Man, I'm just surprised you guys pulled the drop on that. That's uh, that's impressive that that was on standby there. So. That's that's Josh, our producer, brother. He's <laughs> nice on point. Hey, love you, bro. Quick on the draw there. Yeah, thank you so much for being on here, man. You know, we'll uh, we'll definitely you know get you on here in the future. You know, once again on the podcast at the source. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. All right, brother. Bye, brother. God bless. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Awesome white dude right there. Yeah, man. I'm I love telling what you. Said. Um, and and again, there's we we've done life together, bro. And that's uh, you know, a beautiful thing about you know having relationships. You know, like we've talked about. You know, Josh. You know, black, whites, Hispanics, Asian. You know, everyone, man. Because it's it's a beautiful thing when we're focused on the right thing, and which is the main thing. And what is that? Love God and love your neighbor. As yourself. And so, Josh, I'm going to hand it over to you, brother. You want to close, you know, here for us. Yeah. So I I just gave one a a copy of the Book of Common Prayer. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, man. Yeah. For you. Um, So Juan and I have been getting into the high liturgical um, practices of the church and liturgy and the Book of Common Prayer plays a part in that. I just want to read a prayer, actually, and we'll close with this. Is that cool? Absolutely, brother. Please. So here's a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer for the human family. And it says... Mm. Oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Mm, yes, Lord. Break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purpose on earth. Yes, God. That in your good time, all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen, brother. Wow. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, you know, like us and make sure that you subscribe and share it. You know, we love, you know, to get more people to listen in. You know, again, if you enjoy this, we appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, God bless you guys. Peace out, guys. Little Johnny Cash. I love it. I know I can't be free But those people keep a moving And that's what tortures me